Grace and peace to you, Bloom. We're in the second Sunday of Advent. Last Sunday for us was a really kind entrance into the season. The season calls us to hope, and it's where so many of us have been in the past six months, hoping for things to be made right, to be made new. So rather than us striving to catch the meaning of this season, we instead can invite the season to come to us and to flood us with that hope that comes from Christ. And so if you missed either our gathering or the podcast, I invite you to go back and either watch or listen to those before we engage in the second Sunday of Advent, which will focus on peace. And with that, may the peace of Christ be with you, Bloom. May be drawn into the beauty, into the reality of God with us. voice cries out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Let us listen and turn to the Lord in penitence and faith. Lord Jesus, you came to gather the nations into the peace of your kingdom. Lord, have mercy. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. You come in word and sacrament to strengthen us in holiness. Christ, have mercy. Christ, Christ have, have mercy. mercy. You will come in glory with salvation for your people. Lord, have mercy. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. Bloom, let's join together with the church worldwide and say the prayer of the day together. Merciful God, who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation. Give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, in His eyes shone throughout the earth He was with God before all things And He came to be with us The light shines in the darkness The
Here a reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out, and I say, What shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear, says the cities of Judah. Here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Here reading from Peter's second epistle, chapter 3. Do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are about to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness? waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire. But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth, where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, Strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Here reading from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. So there's apparently much debate over these little themes that have been assigned to the Advent weeks. And um, the collective genius of this group cannot figure out, is it hope, love, joy, peace? Is it hope, peace, joy, love? Well, Google Um, can't even figure it out. No, not even... So I'm going to settle the argument for Bloom, and we are doing hope, peace, joy, love. And that's because of the readings that we've been given this year in Advent. This week centers on the prophets, and the prophets are speaking in in these readings of peace. But really, I mean, with everything that we are currently living through, how do you talk about peace? Not only how do we get to a place where we're inviting the peace of Christ to reign in our hearts and our lives and our bodies and our minds, 
but also how does it take, how does it feel real? How do we live lives of peace? And so coming into this week, it, it just feels like this has to be a work of the supernatural to get us to a place where peace is felt tangibly. And then we get to these readings and, and we've we've spent time as a little community here just reading over the scripture, over the readings that were given to us. And, and peace in the realm of the eternal is so different than how we're just naturally inclined to think about it. It's not really just a positioning of our own hearts and our minds or some kind of psychological practice, but it's truly at its heart rest, resting in the one who is peace to us. Mm-hmm. And really what strikes me about these readings is that it starts with an admission of our own expiration. And Peter's telling the church, like, your days are numbered. And when the voice of God comes to the prophet in Isaiah and he says, cry out. He says, what shall I cry? That all people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. When we talk of peace, when we talk of Advent, when we talk of the coming of Christ, both then and in the future and now, we start with the place that we are very aware in which we live, which is in a world that will one day unravel and is unraveling now and in bodies that will expire. It's into that place that peace is given to us, which is really beautiful, and it's also really what we need. In the story of John the Baptist, he's crying out in the wilderness. He's inviting the people of God to open themselves to Christ, to the Creator, and to live lives that reflect that peace and that grace that God gives. He's calling them out to the very place in which they wandered for years where they no doubt questioned if they were left alone, where they struggled and they toiled in the wilderness. And and that's that place, that very place is where John is standing saying, come back to this place that in the history of your people represented isolation and detachment and wandering. Come back to this place and meet the one whom you long for in the deepest places, who brings you peace. You know, there's so many things that change in our world but these eternal realities don't. And I think that we find ourselves in the midst of the wilderness. And it's not out of the wilderness, but it's in that place that we're called to receive the fullness of Christ, the peace of Christ. Not because everything's okay and because there is no death for us on the horizon, but because things aren't okay and because we do live lives that expire And because we long for those lives to be filled with meaning, with grace, with peace, it really is one of those beautiful moments in Advent, if you let it be. We can stand in the midst of who we are. We can stand fully as who we are. We can stand in the midst of all that surrounds us, and we can receive the peace of God. Comfort my people, says the prophet. I think that is the call for us is to find is to figure out how to be peaceful even when we can't control the chaos around us. That's probably been the hardest thing for me in this in the past year. It feels like the whole world is just falling apart, and somehow I'm supposed to still function within it, you know? Mm-hmm. And all of us are. Mm-hmm. So, like, at right now, I would say most of us probably find ourselves in the wilderness. For sure. And yet we 
have lives. We have kids and work and, you know, trying to figure out how to have a social life, trying to figure out how to have mental health that's good and positive. So, I, I mean, that, that to me is what you're talking about. We're still alive, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we're still ticking mm-hmm. somehow. Like, as you were talking the, the whole time, I was thinking of the verse in Philippians where Paul talks about the peace that surpasses, mm-hmm. the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It'll guard our hearts and minds. And that, to me, is like, that's where I've been living. Mm-hmm. Not on purpose, necessarily, <laughs> but... I think that that's part of this sustaining that God does for us. He gives us peace somehow in the midst of like really hard times so we can make it. Yeah. I mean, we joke about, you know, where are you on the depression scale? It's not, we're always in the red. You know, no one assumes that anyone's doing good <laughs> yeah, right, anymore. Right, right. And uh, right. I was thinking on the way in this morning, how can we talk about peace in this time? I feel like nothing's at peace. I I, I feel like our democracy is falling apart. I feel like our country is is unraveling. All these things that have been hidden are being exposed, which is good, except that, you know, a lot of times it doesn't feel like they're actually being healed. It's hard to feel peace. But then you look at what the church has given us to center upon as far as scripture, and that's exactly where it starts. The passage in Peter's epistle is recognizing this created order is unraveling. Hmm. No one is here forever. It starts at that place of anxiety. And that to me is what is so gracious about our God that it comes right into where we are. Hmm. There is no like pretense about everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Peace is given to us in those places that are not fine in the unraveling, in the dying. I would like my peace soon, though. (laughs) I'd like my portion. I feel like we're going to have this conversation with each theme. Mm -hmm. Like like next next week we're going to talk about joy, (laughs) which just sounds ridiculous, honestly. I know. Not that we can't be joyful, like that we can't find it, but just that it just feels ridiculous. Like this, this yeah. whole idea of Advent coming to us at this time and the themes that it brings just feels so ridiculous. And yet it also is so needed and so timely and poignant. It's such a grace because we are in Advent. Yeah. It's on the, on the years that, it, that we're living in the delusion that everything is okay and we're getting ready for Christmas and Advent always is, is kind of jarring around here. And, and people and we all bitch about it at Bloom. You know, like, I was so excited for Christmas. And then you guys made us do Advent. And then it's, you know, <laughs> <Love Advent. laughs> face the darkness of the world. And, and this year, I mean, we're, we're not really a church that says amen. But I feel like last Sunday when we mm-hmm. talked about we are already there. I mean, it was everybody, amen. Yeah, mm-hmm. we are there we are very aware of the darkness mm-hmm. and the sin, the sickness, the, the racism, the oppression. I mean, how long do you have to list the stuff that we're living in? And this year, Advent comes as a grace. It comes to rescue us. It doesn't come to show us the darkness. It comes to, to acknowledge the darkness and to draw us to a place where we do hope again. And we can receive peace and we are joyful, although that journey feels near impossible, I know, for many of us. But that is the invitation. 
you know, Advent has always symbolically meant a lot to me, but I don't know if I've known what it feels like to be at the darkest part of the night for so long as I have this year. Um, Hmm. You know the, I mean, it's a Christmas carol, Lo how a rose air blooming. But that that idea of like, Jesus came when half, half spent was the night. Hmm. And it's like so far from the sun setting as it is from the sun rising. Like it's that, it's that moment where you're not sure the sun was ever real, you know? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, I think I've always kind of understood that in concept. By the way, I don't even have a bad life. I just want to put that out there. But I'm, I'm, I am out of light. Mm. I don't have any more. And I think some of my fatigue is that I'm afraid it's not going to come this year, right? Like, mm-hmm. because half spent is this night. Like, I'm in the middle of it have, having been hard for a long time. And I apologize, listeners, because you're getting me a little more raw than usual. But I, I really do think this is maybe the best placed Advent there ever was for me, because mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm truly not able to fake peace anymore, fake hope anymore, fake joy anymore. I don't have anything left. Um, all I have is waiting for the light. And then I was thinking, like well, these four words are funny. Like what you were saying, it's like, even on the way here, I was like, well, he had to give those to us because it's never, it's always like war and hate and Mm -hmm. sadness, sorrow. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm glad for peace. I'm glad that Jesus remembered we need it because we do. I think that's what it is. It's a reminder to us. Because, like, sure, we all have pretty privileged lives. Yeah. There are people who are so much worse off than us. But we're all human. We all feel these things so deeply. Just something I've been talking to Janie about in this season is when we say life is hard or life is easy, things are hard or things are easy, or it used to be hard, used to be easy. I mean, easy for who? <laughs> right. And hard for who? There's always, always an immense amount of suffering and evil is up to a great deal at every moment in our existence. And I've thought about, as we've talked, some, this, this woman's story in, in Scripture has come up several times in, in the past few months. The, the woman who was bleeding that Jesus healed. And I, um, you know, she's on that road with everyone else following Jesus. I mean, it was probably a joyful, exciting time to be following Jesus on the way to, to heal someone. But for her, it wasn't fun or exciting. I mean, she's walking with this pain. And I think that for us, these years that we've resisted Advent, because it comes with its darkness and its insistence that we see suffering and we don't want to. I think we're kind of like the people on the on the road with Jesus that day, that things are good for us. In the midst of those in the human family for whom things are very hard 
And so Advent is kind of, we kind of resist it a lot of times in years past. And I wonder if Advent for us is more how Jesus was to that woman, that in the midst of the pain and the loneliness and the sickness and the hardship, it's like all the company of heaven is performing that sacred task to us, like holding us in the darkness that we find ourselves in saying, I hear you. I'm with you. But I've felt that kindness this Advent. It's like the whole force of heaven, listening, being attentive to every place that feels forgotten and like it's too hard. I mean, it's just a different experience. And it's because all of us are going through this together and it really makes me be repentant for the years that I wasn't holding as I should have held the hard places and the dark places of our world. Mm-hmm. Bloom, our deep hope for you is that you would find peace in this season. True peace from Christ. And that's not something that you can manufacture on your own will. It truly is something that's given to us. It's supernatural. So the invitation for us is to open ourselves as best we can to the light that is Christ, to receive the peace that he brings. I do want to invite you to to go back to the readings in the lectionary, to the Isaiah and the Peter and the Mark reading. And you can even rewind this podcast and have those read over you again. But listen to where peace comes to the people of God. It's in the places where there needs to be comfort and the admission and the recognition that we all are fading, as is the created order. And it comes to those who in their deepest longings are wanting to be made right, to be held, to be known by their creator. That's to whom peace is given. So may you open yourselves to the peace of Christ this week. We love you, and we hope to see you around the table, either in person or gathered or via live stream this Sunday at 5. Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Watchful at all times, let us pray for strength to stand with confidence before our Maker and Redeemer that God may bring in his kingdom with justice and mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, have mercy. That God may establish among the nations his rule of righteousness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, have have mercy. That we may see Christ in the scriptures and recognize him in the breaking of the bread. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, have have mercy. That God may bind up the brokenhearted, restore the sick, and raise up all who have fallen. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the light of God's coming may dawn on all who live in darkness and the shadow of death. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That with all the saints in light, we may shine forth as lights for the world. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to the mercy and protection of our Heavenly Father. Almighty God, as your blessed Son, Jesus Christ, first came to seek and save the lost, so may he come again to find in us the completion of his redeeming work. For he is now alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. People of God, be glad. Your God delights in you, giving you joy for sadness and turning the dark to light. Be strong in hope, therefore, for your God comes to save. You are God's children. Lord, make us one in the love of Christ, today and forever. Amen.